Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. How are we? Not too well. bad, thank you. Yeah, Yourself? very well, thank you. Good. Very well. Yeah. Yes. Any news? Paul does have news. a little bit of news. No, I don't. No, he resigned time. last week. Oh. It's old news. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Paul's got a little bit of old news. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's rehash. <laughs> but but you may have guessed we have been doing a little bit of pre-gaming. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, we had a friend pop tricky. in. So, um, well, I'm a bit nervous because we have pre-gamed and we have a long session. So um, That's all right. Let's see how we, we go. Buckle up. So as long as you've set up your notes so that when you get a stronger side to do in the watcher, you can send them to Swanee and I and we can continue, <laughs> then we're fine. <laughs> happy to, happy to, yes. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I suppose we should introduce ourselves. I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are Trial, Trial by Wine. Beautiful. And what are we drinking? We are on a Feathertop Prosecco. Mm. So we did start with a Madfish Method Traditionnel, or mm-hmm. you'd probably say it better than I would, but we started with that and now we're on to the Prosecco. So. All right. And Swanee, what are you drinking? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I'm only drinking a sparkling water for now, but I am planning on getting on it a little bit later because we're doing an afternoon and it's a weekend, so it uh, oh. works quite nicely. But I did want to tell you about a drink I had last night. So oh, do tell I do. I think uh, a, new, a new drink has been invented. I went to a family member's birthday party and it was lovely. They had gone to a restaurant they'd been going to for 40 years. So that should give you an idea about the age of what? the birthday person. Yeah. Um, it was like... 41. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, a real family restaurant and they chose to go there and it was just, it was really sweet. They had lots of stories of when they'd, you know, gone there years and years ago or whatever. Anyway, so when I got there, I ran into um, one of my husband's cousins and she was having a martini and I thought, oh God, I didn't know they did sort of good cocktails like that here. And she said, I think you need a martini. And I went, oh, I'm not sure. I said, maybe I'll just have a margarita. She goes, have it, have it. And I thought, buddy, I do. I'd had a bit of a weird day with the kids and whatever. And, you know, quite often I turn up somewhere and I'm all all like this until I have a drink and, you know, decompress. Yeah, yeah. Drop the yeah. Yeah. shoulders. So I said to the lady, would it be possible to get a margarita? And she's like, yeah, absolutely, no worries. So off she went and she came back. And by this point we were all sort of seated. Um, it was like, you know, long table sort of sit-down dinner. Anyway, she put the drink down in front of me, lovely sort of cut crystal, short glass kind of thing. I thought, oh, here we go nice big bit of ice in it and the first sip I had I thought oh and my head kind of did this thing where I thought is that me not being able to taste something correctly because I wasn't able to smell for so long there are a whole host Mm. of things that I don't think I ever can pick up on I talk about it quite often with respect to wine but you know I I can certainly understand the difference between something sweet and something savory whatever else and I was like that doesn't taste very salty like around the rim so I like had a little bit of a go again I was like I think I think that's sugar (laughs) <laughs> so I lean across the table to like the, the, there's some young people you know related you know related to us sitting opposite me a young married couple and I said to them guys can you just 
taste this to me. I said, this is supposed to be a margarita. I said, is that sweet around the outside? Have they dipped it in sugar? They both like licked their fingers and they're like, absolutely. It was powdered sugar around the rim someone put it into. No. Anyway, and I was like, to be fair, it wasn't that bad. So I started drinking it anyway because then they were started starting speeches. I thought, I'm going to have to drink it, right? And there's nothing else. Anyway, the woman came around later on, the girl who'd like serve you. I said, oh, can I just say something to you? She said, yeah. I said, I think this has accidentally been dipped in a sugar mix. I said, it's not salt. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't worry. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, it's quite nice anyway. And then my sister-in-law was sitting next to me. She goes, I think you've just created something new. I think it's called the dessert marg. And it's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) They might well have been. But the funny thing is I see constantly, I actually saw this week a girlfriend of mine and she was in the US and her T-shirt said spicy marg, you know, and it's all about skinny margs and spicy margs can have no calories, right, the less calories. So a dessert marg yeah, right. is really off, you know, off the, off the table. Yeah, but there you go. So I think I've now discovered. And then my sister-in-law ordered a margarita and she got a dessert margarita and she actually said to the lady, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'll just have a Coke, thanks. She said it back because they still were getting it wrong. So, still doing yeah, it. So maybe it's their signature dessert margarita. Mug. Anyway. Do you think they would do it with artificial sweetness so that you could mm, have no yeah. calories still? Oh, I, like, I like a light dessert mug. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a diet dessert, diet dessert mug. Yeah, a GDM. Right. I like no, I can't it. Stand the- oh, my God, Schmitty, what are you drinking? Oh, that was soda water because I nearly choked I while tell. you guys were laughing and I had to mute myself and the- have a drink. But I am drinking a mango chutney. <laughs> mango chutney. And because you had pre-warned us that this is going to be a long session, I actually have a cold oh, cooler bag, cooler bag yeah, yeah, with yeah, right. some cold frozen blocks in it and I've got my little stash in here so that I can just reach yeah. down. I've also noticed, and... correct me if I'm wrong, that mm. you're so prepared for it to be a long session that you're prepared to go straight into bed afterwards. You've got your PJ. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her nice, well, well, she's got her PJ and her snuggly gown on and she's ready to go. She's going to roll into Three bed Three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> on a Sunday and I'm already in my PJs. Yeah. That's right. And you can just yeah. fall off your chair right there and have a comfortable Sleep. You're never going to get any criticism from living in pajamas from me. That is, that was what I was known as when I was at uni. I, would, I just used to live in them all the time. I love pajamas. I've always been a tracksuit bottom person. Yeah. I've worn them for years and years. But after COVID, I just gave up and just thought, you know what, PJs? They're, they're... I'm going to wear tracksuit tops as well. Yeah, I'm just going to wear pajamas. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. I've got to cover these girls up if I'm going to go shopping in my pajamas. <laughs> That's what the robes for. That's what the robes <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to tell us about today? Well, I've got a story for you, mm-hmm. as, as you would expect. So we often talk about where we get our ideas from. Mm-hmm. And God, I don't know, maybe two months ago, we were sitting around talking to friends and we we're talking about how in the age of political correctness, brands are having to change their names. And so we've had you know, cheese that's gone from coon to cheer because... I didn't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised, but I didn't know it's cheer. I never buy it anyway. But... Yeah, yeah. So coon was the family name, mm. but also coon is a racist term. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah, towards yeah. Aboriginals. Well, I'm explaining well, to our listeners, yeah. not For to our foreign listeners. International. Yeah, yeah, and so, mm. so coon is a racist term that's been used towards Aboriginals. So there was a lot of political pressure on coon to change its name, so they changed it to cheer and then there were, you remember the fake cigarettes that were called fags? Yeah. Who should have a fag? Well, apparently all the gay people got offended by that. I have never met one of them who did, but apparently no, they did. I. So they had to change that to fads and they took the little red flame off yeah. the end of yeah. it. You know? yeah. And so, so then we were talking about redskins. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And so redskins were apparently offensive towards American Indians. Yep. I don't know whether redskins were well, it's even like in saying a, black skin in America. Yeah, and what I'm saying is I don't know if redskins were no, in America. No, they or were, but there was a football team were. there that they renamed the football yeah, that's team right. as well, yep, redskins. That's yep. right. But before you move on, can I just give you a little uh, tip? The word yep. coon is offensive across the planet, not just in Australia, because it's a shortening of raccoon and it's to do with the black markings on the face of a raccoon. I just Googled that. It's is that really right? offensive, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't. It have just, it wasn't. Well, I thought I'd heard it elsewhere. That's why I looked it up. It was, it's not. I mean, yes, it was used here, but it's but a bad have, word. Well, anyway, I'm going to go with my definition of it, not yours. It's just rude. It's a very rude word, and we're all offended by it. That's why it was it. changed here. Yeah. Um, Raccoons don't even fags. exist in Australia, so um, let's not. True. Let's not go down that path. But so redskins um, were changed, and they were changed to red rippers. So we were talking about that, and one of the guys goes. <gasps> That's the name of a Russian serial killer. Oh, right. So in the in our best intent to change from Redskins, we've changed them to a brand, a name that now is um, indicative of a Russian serial killer. And I, I find that offensive. Going to tell you the story <laughs> of the Red Ripper. And I find that offensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, how do you think the it's serial like a, killer feels? I know having. It's I think not it's right. the lesser of two evils, right? <laughs> quite, quite possibly. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> well, I think when we go to trial by wine world, we need to have a whole series of new suites. We'll have the Night yes. Stalkers. Yeah. We'll have have the Yum. Red Rippers. <laughs> uh, yeah. They sound like idea. Yeah, we could change Chico's to Night Stalkers. Sophomore Killers, you know. Yeah, Chico's. Chico's. Oh, goodness. Aren't they bad in their own yeah. right? Anyway, that's. Oh, yes, they've changed as well. They've changed, haven't they? They've changed could, as yeah. well. Have they changed know, shape and colour? Because they should too. I don't know. <gasps> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Interesting. I saw if them we're going to be yesterday. offended by things, they do look like little black babies. Well, they were. That's, That's why they're exactly so cute. They I don't get that. Babies. Why is that wrong? Because <laughs> you don't jelly eat babies. Little black babies. But what, je- jelly babies? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I love yeah. jelly babies. You love chicos. Well, like I don't like them up. as much, actually. You, you used to. You used to love them. I love jelly babies. I really do. Yeah. I like all jellies, yeah. I was just going to say, the Red Ripper didn't like jelly babies, but he didn't mind jelly children. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is there any time he's got a 20-page story and we're stuck on sweets? Yeah, on jelly babies. <laughs> We've got to keep moving. <laughs> so my sources today are Britannica.com, Wikipedia, Woo-hoo. All That's Interesting, uh, All Kills, No Frills podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somehow, I've, I'm a bit concerned now. I've lost a few things, which makes me worry that I haven't got the latest. Murderpedia, Smithsonian.com, Smith's Lad Bible, Lad Bible, Mirror.co.uk, Daily Mail, DailyMail.co.uk. There was Citizen <laughs> X, which was a, a movie that we watched. Murderous Minds, which we saw on YouTube, and CrimeAndInvestigation.com. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. This is the story of Andre Chikatilo, and he had a number of nicknames. Chikatilo, you and I know. I know. That's exactly what I could get caught up with. Love that song. Oh, God, we're already on to the song. We'll be thinking about it all episode now. Stop so it. If, you're, if you're wondering, oh, um, he's, he's got a number of nicknames and they do kind of give away yeah. what it is that he did. So the Red Ripper, Ugh. the Rostov Ripper. Ugh. And the butcher of Rostov, uh, some of his nicknames, and of course Schmidty. Going back to Nizhny Novgorod, oh, I think oh. is what it was. Nizhny Novgorod, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is a story from Russia, and therefore I'm going to have to apologise in advance 
for butchering the names of people and places, mm-hmm. not actually butchering people and places. Not like the Red Ripper, yeah. So Andre Chikatilo was born on the 16th of October in 1936 in the village of La Buchne, maybe, in the Ukraine when it was in the grip of famine. Uh, so this is um, 1936, obviously, so it's leading into the Second World War. Post-Great Depression rule. too, yep. Yeah, yeah. Chikatilo's parents were both collective farm labourers who lived in a one-room hut. So a collective farm, they went from having privately owned farms to state-run farms. And so essentially the government owned the farm and the people who lived there were given the right to cultivate the plot, but they had to produce a quota of vegetables or produce to go to the state and then they could have whatever was left over. So as long as they produced enough, they could then have some left over, but it was hard to meet the quota. So they were very, very poor. And they got no wages for the production of the food. Communism, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the family seldom had sufficient food, as was common at the time. Uh, And Chikatilo himself claimed not to have eaten bread until the age of 12, and that he also had to eat grass and leaves to stave off hunger. Um, so, so we'll talk a bit about this. He, he kind of has a classic serial killer upbringing. You know, there's a number of things that we've, I guess, seen through these stories whereby you go, ooh, you know, that's not good or that's not good. And it's not so much his parents but just the times and a lot Circumstance, of things happen there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As a child, Chikatilo's mother, Anna, repeatedly told him that prior to his birth, an older brother of his named Stefan had, at age four, been kidnapped and cannibalised by starving neighbours. Good God. So, again, at the time, because food was scarce, there used to be people who would eat other people, Mm. obviously. Mm. And they used to talk about if you saw somebody walking down the street who looked healthy, they would be described as one of the people who ate people, and that's the reason that they looked healthy because they were getting because they were eating cannibals. They were eating eating cannibals. They were cannibals eating cannibals. Yeah. Well, they could have been eating cannibals. They were probably the tastiest <laughs> ones. If you, if you were a cannibal and you were going to eat someone, you'd want to eat the healthy looking ones, wouldn't gotcha. you? So I've got a sneaking suspicion people might be saying that about me. Jesus. Oh, sorry. Look at, she's looking a little bit. She's being, she's being a heavy. She's looking a little bit too healthy. Yeah, so it was never established as to whether or not it actually occurred, but it was regularly being told. And Chikatilo recalled his childhood as being blighted by poverty, ridicule, hunger and war. Chikatilo's father, Roman, was conscripted into the Red Army during the Second World War and was taken prisoner after being wounded in combat. And so at the time, in, in that place, being captured by the enemy was viewed as a sign of weakness. There was no sort of empathy or no sympathy. It was really just that you were so weak that you got taken prisoner by the enemy. And it was something that Andre was teased for at school. So between 1941 and 1944, Chikatilo witnessed horrors of war. So bombings, fires and shootings from which he and his mother would hide in cellars and ditches. Uh, And on one occasion, he and his mother were forced to watch their own hut burn to the ground. With his father at war, Chikatilo and his mother shared a single bed. However, he was a chronic bedwetter and his mother would berate and beat him every time he wet the bed. In 1943, Anna gave birth to a baby, Tatiana. um, And because Roman, the father, was... Where was the father? Yeah. 
Yeah, correct. So because mm. he was conscripted in 1941, he could not have fathered mm. a child. At the time, many Ukrainian women were raped by German yeah. soldiers. Yep. And it was speculated that Tatiana was conceived as a result of a rape committed by a German soldier. As Chikatilo and his mother lived in a one-room hut, this rape may have been committed in Chikatilo. Jesus. Family. Yeah, yeah. No. It's not looking good so far. No, it is not. In September 1944, Chikatilo started at school. Although shy and ardently studious as a child, he stood out to other children. He was physically weak. He regularly attended school in homespun clothing and his stomach was swollen from hunger. On several occasions, this hunger caused him to faint at home and at school. And he was consistently targeted by bullies who regularly mocked him over his physical stature and timid nature. At home, he and his sister were constantly berated by their mother. Tatiana later recalled that in spite of the hardships endured by her parents, their father was a kind man, whereas their mother was harsh and unforgiving towards her children. Tatiana. Tatiana. Uh, <laughs> I love that name. It's beautiful, it's isn't good, it? It's good, isn't it? Mm. I've always yeah, loved yeah, it. Yeah. It is nice. Uh, Chikatilo suffered from an eye condition called myopia and often struggled to read the blackboard in class. As a result, he often studied at home where he developed a passion for reading and memorising data. He was an excellent student and often received praise from his teachers. Hallelujah, some nice things in amongst it all. Someone, yeah. Didn't beat him. (laughs) So by his teens, uh, Chikatilo was both a model student and had joined the Communist Party. He was appointed editor of his school newspaper at age 14 and chairman of the Pupils Communist Party at 16. He was the only student from the collective farm to complete the final year of study, graduating with excellent grades in 1954. However, despite his good grades, things were tough for Chikatilo. In his teens, he discovered that he had chronic impotence, which, as you can imagine, only added to his social awkwardness and self-hatred. This is the first bit, Swanee, where you need to brace yourself. Hang on. I just was going to brace. Did you say chronic impotence? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Not incontinence. The no, wet bedding. The bed wedding. I thought I'd heard that correct. I thought yeah. I'd heard it correctly. I just, yeah. So, so to this point, they're kind of, you know, strange and unfortunate uh, ways. There's nothing. Yeah, but that, that's not, I know something awful is about to happen, but can you imagine the trauma that he was raised in? I mean, you've just described. Yeah. Oh, really yeah. shocking situation. And, and that's what I was saying about the, you know, the classic serial killer upbringing kind of thing. And, you know, Tatiana didn't turn into that and, and she didn't maybe experience the same level that he did. But it's just interesting. There are certain people who are, I guess, predisposed mm. to certain behaviours. Mm. His strange, um, unfortunate ways escalated when at age 17, one of his sister's friends came over and he jumped on her. She was an 11-year-old and he wrestled her to the ground. As she struggled in his grasp, whilst he held her, he ejaculated. Mm. Now He's cured. Oh, see, I'd go the other way. We've all heard the story so far. I know, it's wrong. It's all totally wrong. Classic red flag. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. I'm sort of like, oh, well, you know, where's that impotence now? Well, it didn't, yeah, 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 yeah. But but do you see where this could go then? Oh, yeah, (laughs) raping children, yeah. That's how I get release. Mm -hmm. So they knew what, the little girls knew what was happening? I don't know that they did. Okay. But that's what happened. Mm. Okay. Someone did. 
So, you know, if that happened today, you might find out about it and go and get your kid help or whatever. Back Mm. in those times, these sorts of things just weren't discussed. So obviously nothing happened. Yeah. Or to to that point, in that period of time, not only it wasn't discussed, it wasn't actually a big deal. The whole attitude, and particularly in that uh, kind of socioeconomic background, the whole attitude to children, children were working at the age of 10 or 11. You know, like they didn't have anywhere near the protections that they have now. But they also wouldn't necessarily have understood the connection between that behaviour and what could come. No, no, absolutely, yeah. Whereas certainly for us uh, who do this podcast, Mm -hmm. we We know that the wizard, jizzard, wizard is... The jizzard, Jesus! Last time it was Jizzy Lizzy. Now it's the Jizzard Wizard. Jizzard the Lizard Wizard. It's like magic. Put your wand away, mate. It's never sounded like that when I've experienced it. Look out, kids! The Jizzard Wizard's got his wand out again. It's Andre the Jizzard Wizard. Touch the. Oh, no. Right, so after graduating, he applied for a scholarship at Moscow State University. And although he passed uh, the entrance exam with good to excellent scores, his grades were not deemed good enough for acceptance. Now, he he thought that it was because his father was captured in war and so they were judging him for that. But actually it was just these grades weren't good enough relative to the people whose grades were really good. Mm. Imagine it'd be pretty prestigious. So following the rejection, he decided to travel to the city of Kursk, where he volunteered as a labourer for three months before, in 1955, enrolling in a vocational school with the aim of becoming a communications technician. So he kind of lowered his standards Shirt three up. communications <laughs> technician. Correct. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, yes. Uh, he also formed his first serious relationship with a local girl two years his junior. On three occasions, the couple attempted intercourse, Mm -hmm. although on each occasion, Chikatilo was unable to sustain an erection. After 18 months, she broke off the relationship. Mm. Upon completing his vocational training, Chikatilo relocated to the Urals city of Nizhny Tagil, not to be confused with Nizhny Novgorod, to work upon a long-term construction project. He worked in the Urals for two years until he was drafted into the Soviet Army in 1957. He performed his compulsory military service between 57 and 1960, assigned first to serve with border guards in Central Asia, then to a KGB communications unit in East Berlin. Here his work record was unblemished and he joined the Communist Party shortly before his military service ended in 1960. Upon completing his service, Chikatilo returned to his native village to live with his parents, briefly working alongside them on the collective farm. He soon became acquainted with a young divorcee. Their three-month relationship ended after several unsuccessful attempts at intercourse, after which the woman innocently asked her friends for advice as to how Chikatilo might overcome his inability to maintain an erection. As a result... Most of his peers discovered his impotence. Mm. In a 1993 interview regarding this incident, Chikatilo stated, girls were going behind my back whispering that I was impotent. I was so ashamed I tried to hang myself. Mm. My mother and some young neighbours pulled me out of the noose. I have a horrible Mm. feeling that later we're going to go, well, it's a shame that they saved him, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hold that thought. Mm -hmm. So he said he thought no one would want such a shamed man. So he had to run away from there, away from his homeland. Mm. After several months, he moved to Rostov-on-Don 
and found a job as a communications engineer. He relocated there in 1961, renting a small apartment close to his workplace. The same year, his younger sister, Tatiana, finished her schooling and moved into his apartment. She lived there for six months before marrying a local youth and moving into her in-laws' home. She noted nothing untoward with regard to her brother's lifestyle beyond his chronic shyness around women and resolved to help her brother find a wife and start a family. In 1963, Tatiana introduced her brother to a woman named Feodosia Odnacheva. She's an odd achiever, yes. but, you know. Oh, no, odd She meant well. <laughs> she did all right. <laughs> That's probably odd nachiva or odd something. Odd anyway. makes more sense than Let, Let's odd go with nachiva. odd, odd nachiva. <laughs> um, <laughs> Odd achiever, yeah. who he apparently married barely two weeks after they had met. Ooh. Theodosia discovered that he was impotent and they agreed. You ready? Oh, God. They agreed what? She would conceive by him ejaculating externally and pushing his semen inside her vagina with his fingers. Oh, oh artificial insemination. Okay. Correct. Well, maybe that isn't artificial. Yes, it is. Yeah. Why? Because it's out, it taken from outside and put up in without like a the penis. the turkey baster. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It feels like if it's fingers and not something plastic. No, that's that's not the distinction. Not, it's just it a might, bit rudimentary, I think. It might not yes. be artificial. Not it's artificial because it's not done. You know, in like the I rolled in the way. wet spot. Yes, not done in the classic way. <laughs> they had two children in this way: a daughter, Lyudmila, in 1965, and a son named Yuri in 1969. Oh, that's nice, mm, isn't it? Though, is he happy? Does he like his children and? Wife? He doesn't mistreat his children and wife. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That, I like the way he didn't quite answer the question there. He doesn't mistreat them. I was them. being very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, Does he like them? I didn't, mm, doesn't mistreat You'll notice them. I didn't say he was happy. Correct. Oh, yeah. okay. Although he may have been. Yeah. In 1964, he enrolled at Rostov University to study Russian literature and that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Did, anyway. did, he, did he meet Anatoly Moskvin around this time? I think so. I think so, yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of what he was. He was like a not a cryptozoologist. That's someone who chases animals. Fake animals, <laughs> you know, like the Yeti and Loch Ness. Yeah, right. no. Where Where'd you pull that from? How did you know that? <laughs> Honestly. The Sasquatch. Oh, I don't think he's a cryptozoologist. No, I was thinking the same thing myself. What? I've never heard of that, darling. <laughs> cryptozoologist. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's one of my... Little, uh, one of your little, uh, things little, little, a little, little passion projects. Right. Right. It sounds like you're chasing dead animals. Mm-hmm. Now, cryptozoologists to trying to them. prove the existence ah, right. of animals like Bigfoot and whatever. Sorry, we digress. Of course it is. <laughs> Isn't this funny? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anatoly had something to do with crypt in it because he was really interested in the dead, remember? Yeah. 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 Anyway. That's why, yeah, that's why I was thinking it was about dead animals, mm. not. Well, that's why right. I was wondering if it was that tough word about whatever he was, but no. No, okay. no, no. I, I, yeah, anyway. It was the word that Clark was like, he was also went to study maths. <laughs> well, no, look, it, says, it, says, it says philology. Oh, philology, like a, um, not a phlebologist. No, that's. A phlebologist. That's Is that someone blood. who studies. Is that blood? A ph- a philology that would be blood, yeah. Philology. Really? No, yeah, no, no, it's not that, that though. That it's, one? No. it's completely the wrong word because he's studying Russian, language. Russian literature. Russian literature. language. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is, that, okay. is that what philology means? Yes, historical development and relationships of a language or languages. Oh, well, what was exactly the word again, Parky? Philology. philology. Oh, gosh, it's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what I was like. Oh, God, I can't say that. I'll sound like okay. an idiot. But apparently it makes me sound <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> 
1970, he obtained his degree which is, again, in Russian literature and philology. Right. I have a sneaking suspicion that you and I probably sound like idiots more often than not with, with this one here talking about cryptozoologists. <laughs> I think it's pretty it's pretty hard for you and I to sound like anything but an idiot when we're, no, when but, when we're competing with that you know, episode. Do you, know episode what, do you know what, Swanee, though? I'd go the opposite because <laughs> when, when Schmitty pulls out terms like cryptozoology, <laughs> I think most of the population just go, what a fucking what? blank. As if that's a thing. <laughs> and you can see sit there and defend yourself all you want but no one's going to google it no one's going to go oh that sounds fascinating they're just going to go fuck she knows i think i can't you do know everything it's amazing it's incredible Mm. i love it the best bit is you never disappoint you've always got something else in the back pocket oh what should apply to a sleeve (laughs) it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys right yeah gobble gobble Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly before obtaining his degree, Chikatilo obtained a job managing regional sports activities. Mm. He remained mm. in this position for one year, after which he commenced as a teacher of Russian language and literature in Novoshachtinsk. Very good. Uh, Does that sound Russian? Yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Novoshachtinsk. Let's go with that. Yeah. Let's just move on before yeah. anyone notices. <laughs> Whilst Chikatilo was a teacher who knew his stuff, he found it difficult to maintain discipline in the classroom. His students regularly mocked him. Because he hadn't studied pedagogy. (laughs) The art of teaching teachers. And the only reason I know that is because one of my kids, his his tutor has that role at the school. And and I can't even say the word. And I always go, I know what it is. He's the art of teaching teachers. So his students regularly mocked him uh, and he attributed that to the fact that they were taking advantage of his modest nature. Oh, okay. Not just they were assholes. Mm. Chikatilo's awkward and disturbing behaviours escalated to sexual assault in May 1973. The first of these occurred when he swam towards one of his pupils, a 15-year-old girl, and groped her breasts and genitals, ejaculating as the girl struggled against his grasp. Gross, 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 gross. I think I'm going to say ejaculated way too much in this. So um, maybe I should have gone to the Roger's thesaurus. Should we have a bingo every time you say bingo? And we'll have to have a a shot or have a sip every time he says ejaculate. Promise me you won't (laughs) because. What's a jizzy wizard? The jizzed wizard. The jizzed wizard. The jizzed wizard that play jizzy. A second sexual assault took place months later with another teenage student who he had locked in his classroom. Oh, God. There were also several times that fellow teachers saw Chikatilo fondling himself with students around. So not actually having it out but just going to cheap grope. No, he was just trying to get the coins out of the corner of his pocket, you know. Mm. Playing pocket billiards. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So funnily enough, and we, we've discussed this a little bit too, two sexual assaults at school and going to cheap grope in front of or whilst there were other uh, students around. And teachers. Mm. He wasn't disciplined yep. for any of them. Mm. Old school. Yeah, It's mm. just creepy old jizzy wizzy. Jizzy wizard. Yeah. Jizzy wizard. Jizzy okay. wizzy okay. now. Oh, Jesus. Oh. It just sounds like there's two things coming out of the same hole at the same time. Mm. <laughs> are you going? Why are you going into the toilet? You're just going to have a little whizzy. No, I'm going to have a jizzy whizzy. Oh, oh too much, Andre. 
<laughs> Swanny's face. Swanny and I both reacted to. Um, it was the groan. Is that what you hear? It was that groan. Who's that? Somebody groaned. I think it was Stu, was it? Oh, at oh, right oh, at the wrong oh, time. Oh. And we both went. <laughs> oh, someone's having a juicy whizzy in there. Oh, <laughs> Despite all of this, however, possibly due to the times, Chikatilo was responsible for making sure the students who boarded at the school or in their dormitories by evening. Yeah, yeah. So who are we going to give that job to? Old mate Jizzy Wizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Jizzed Wizzy. Hank the wank. Mm. So, you know, Chikatilo's now got to go into the dormitories to make sure everyone's there. And I know you'll be shocked, uh, but he would enter the girls' dormitory in the hope of seeing them undressed. Mm. That does surprise me. Yeah, yeah, shocked, right? By the mid-1970s, Chikatilo's desire to view naked girls was getting stronger, leading him to loiter around public toilets. I don't tend to take my clothes off in public <laughs> toilets no, as a general sort of rule. Under, he's one of those yeah. under-your-skirt lookers. and yeah, copper, We have doing a whiz. Yeah, yeah. looking oh, well, under that, the what, store yeah, or nice. under the store. <laughs> Do you have got enough toilet yeah. paper? Excuse me. Yeah. 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 Gross. <laughs> I take it. So, so at, when he was loitering around the public toilets, how he would uh, spy on young girls. Mm. He also tried the classic pedo trick of purchasing treats, which he gave to young girls in an attempt to talk to them and gain their trust. Chikatilo okay. sexually assaulted at least three girls in this manner. Mm. Over time, students began to complain about Chikatilo, and as these complaints increased, he was given the choice to resign or be given the sack. Of course, he chose to resign and left discreetly. Mm, and then went on to another school. To With do no record, yeah. Yep. He commenced in a, uh, <laughs> again in a teaching role should say that. at another school in Novoshaktinsk in January 1974. He lost this job as a result of staff cutbacks in September 1978 before finding another teaching position at Technical School Number 33 in Shakti, a coal mining town 47 miles north of Rostov. Listen to the name of it. Is it called Technical School Number 33? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Whilst living in Shakti, Chikatilo committed his first documented murder. Ugh. Oh. He'd purchased an old dilapidated hut, which he kept a secret from his family. On the evening of the 22nd of December, he lured a nine-year-old girl named Yelena Zakotnova into the hut and attempted to rape her. But, again, he failed to achieve an erection. When the girl struggled, he choked her and stabbed her three times in the abdomen, Mm. ejaculating whilst stabbing the child. (sighs) He then strangled her until she was unconscious and threw her body into the nearby Grushevka River. Her body was found two days later. There was evidence connecting him to Zakotnova's murder. There were spots of blood in the snow close to a fence facing the house Chikatilo had purchased. Neighbours had noted that Chikatilo had been present in the house on the evening of the 22nd of December. Zakotnova's school backpack had been found upon the opposite bank of the river at the end of the street, which was determined to indicate that she'd been thrown into the river at that location. And a witness had given police a detailed description of a man closely resembling Chikatilo, whom she had seen talking with Zakotnova at the bus stop where the girl had last been seen alive. Mm. Ooh, it's awful. And then he got over to tell us that no one did anything about it. Yeah. Okay. 
However, Chikatilo's wife stated <sighs> that the two He's were home. home the entire evening and police believed it, even though, as it turned out, she had worked that evening. So police moved their focus to a 25-year-old labourer named Alexander Kravchenko, who had previously served a prison sentence for the rape and murder of a teenage girl and he was arrested for the crime. Mm. On the 22nd of December, which is the night that the crime took place, Kravchenko had been at home with his wife and a friend of hers all afternoon, and neighbours of the couple were able to verify this, giving him a watertight alibi. However, police searched Kravchenko's home and found spots of blood on his wife's jumper, and the blood type was determined to match both Zakotnova's and Kravchenko's wife. Mm. So despite the alibi and in a bang-on display of defective detecting, Mm. police threatened Kravchenko's wife with being an accomplice to murder and her friend with perjury. This led to new statements in which the women claimed Kravchenko had not returned home until late in the evening on the day of the murder. Finding himself in a hopeless situation, Kravchenko confessed to the killing and he was tried for the murder in 1979. Kravchenko retracted his confession at trial and maintained his innocence. He stated that his confession was extracted under duress. Despite this, he was convicted of the murder and sentenced to death. Mm. In December 1980, the Supreme Court reduced the sentence to 15 years imprisonment, which was the maximum possible length of imprisonment at the time. However, the victim's relatives continued to fight for justice and eventually Kravchenko was retried, convicted and executed by firing squad for Zakotnova's murder in July 1983. How's that? Mm. So we head back to March 1981 when Chikatilo's career as a teacher abruptly came to an end following more complaints of child molestation against students of both sexes. He started working in Rostov as a supply clerk or clerk, as I should know, at a factory that made construction materials. This job involved travel extensively oh, across much uh-oh. of the Soviet Union mm. and was the perfect job for Chikatilo to progress his murderous phase. Mm. Chikatilo claimed that after his first murder, he could only achieve sexual arousal and orgasm by stabbing and slashing women and children to death. Oh, goodness me. And he later claimed that the urge to relive the experience had overwhelmed him. However, initially he fought to resist his urges, often cutting short business trips to return home rather than face the temptation to search for a victim. Oh, how creepy. You know, the... Yuck. Unfortunately, this didn't last. So on September 1981, Chikatilo left the public library in Rostov where he ran into a 17-year-old girl, Larissa Tkachenko. Tkachenko, you and I know. I just think it's not Tkachenko. It's Tkachenko. It's Tkachenko. It's Tkachenko. Is it Tkachenko? Tkachenko. Kachenko. All right. (laughs) Hard to sell like an eagle. (laughs) (laughs) So Larissa was standing at a bus stop. Chikatilo proposed that the two go and drink vodka and relax, which I think is like when you're in Bali and they say make hair and relax. Make hair? But here it's more drink vodka and relax. Okay. Uh, so she accepted his offer and the two headed to a forest near the <laughs> oh. Don River. Ooh. Upon reaching a secluded area of the forest, 
Swanee braced herself. Chikatilo threw Larissa to the ground, tore off her clothes and attempted to rape her. Guess what happened? He didn't get an erection. You guys have been listening. Mm. Yes, so true. To prevent her from screaming, he shoved mud inside her mouth Mm. before battering and strangling her to death. As he had no knife, Chikatilo mutilated the body with his teeth. Oh, yuck. Swanee's out. And a six-foot-long stick. He also tore one nipple from Tachenko's body with his teeth before loosely covering her body with leaves, branches, and torn pages of a newspaper. Tachenko's body was found the following day. That is beyond, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So what's that, number two? Yeah, but the escalation of violence. I mean, yes, stabbing, oh, taking a turn and for the worst. Taking the other girl's yeah, dreadful, awful, but, but no, to, to rip someone apart with oh, your teeth and teeth. like teeth. far yeah. out—that's very animalistic. Oh, it? it's terrible, oh, horrendous. But but because because he'd had the experience of cannibals in his upbringing, yeah, they did state that he had tried it when he was was going through his own killing phase. What he tried to eat. So, yeah, yeah, cannibals in his youth surely, you know, cut up and cooked the food, the people as food. Not well, just possibly. Just like wolf-like deciding no. to tear into something. I'm not after a lot of nipple or doom. It'll oh, tide me see, over. There was the bloke in the um, arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a, a Milky Way. You know, it won't ruin your appetite. It's just little, <laughs> between between meals. Meals. It's well, the it Milky was, Way of cannibalism. Oh, as a there little, was the bloke little nip. in Adelaide recently who was seen going down an escalator eating raw chicken breasts or something. Did you oh, see that? No. No. I'm pleased. Oh. I Adelaide. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he didn't eat the breast, he just ate the nipple. Oh. Do chickens have nipples? <laughs> oh, I don't think uh, so. I don't, I don't know. They've got big breasts, haven't they? They're all breasts. They are all breasts. They're like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Dolly Parton. They're chesty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton's <laughs> the human version of a chicken. <laughs> she kind of is, isn't she, with the little limbs, the little, <laughs> little chicken boobies. legs, the little chicken <laughs> yeah. wings. Uh. Yeah, and, and her boobies. So roughly nine months later, on the 12th of June, 1982, Chikatilo travelled by bus to Bagayevsky district of Rostov to purchase vegetables. Does Bagayevsky sound Russian or does it sound Bagayevsky. like a shittily pronounced Russian word by some Aussie who doesn't Sounds know? Sounds all right. You've got to deepen but, your voice when you do the Russian word. So Bagayevsky. It's Bagayevsky. Okay, go. Sounds very Russian. It's the, it's the Bagayevsky district of Rostov. That's it, perfect. There you I go. Went, I went there to purchase the vegetables. Natasha. Yeah. Walking walking away from the bus station, <laughs> I encountered... No, you're Indian. Indian. No, you better stop now. <laughs> walking away from the bus stop, he encountered Lyubov Buryuk, who was walking home from a shopping trip. Lyubov was a 13-year-old girl. Oh. The two walked together for approximately a quarter of a mile until Chikatilo was comfortable that they could not be seen. He dragged the girl into nearby undergrowth, tore off her dress, and killed her by stabbing and slashing her to death Mm. as he imitated performing intercourse. When her body was found on the 27th of June, the medical examiner discovered evidence of 22 knife wounds inflicted to the head, oh. neck, chest and pelvic region. Just frenzied. Mm. Further wounds found on the skull suggested the killer had attacked Buryuk from behind with the handle and blade of his knife. In addition, several striations were discovered upon Buryuk's eye sockets. Oh, yuck. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all awful. So, Schmitty, when you say frenzy with the number of wounds, Stab wounds yeah. mm-hmm. you'll see these patterns emerge, and it doesn't say this so specifically, but my gut feel is that he he did that many because that's how long it took him to ejaculate. Yeah, okay. So, you know, if I just do it a couple of times, I can't. But if I keep, if the I keep pain going, and then I'm going. getting more excited <laughs> by it too. Yeah. What is he having a little bit of a um, foreplay? I, I, no, I'm reluctant to say this because it's so disrespectful, but a dry root. He's sort of. Well, when you oh, said. A dry when, when you said that. A dry heart, that's it. What did you say? What's he was. Something about. Performing. Performing. Like. Yeah, um, intimate. Imitating. Imitating intercourse. I'm like, what yes. was he doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, like. So as dry root. But as he's stabbing, he's doing. Oh, that, he's right? like thrusting so or yeah. something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I know. It's not good. And, and so hang on to the striations to her eye sockets because that becomes mm. a common theme. Oh. I'm starting to really miss the hoarders, honestly. Oh. <laughs> the scammers. Yes. A little fill crawling across a yeah. wire. Oh my god! You know there was. You asked for it. We did discuss how we'd gone a bit soft. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, we're we're back. Oh, this is how could we? I've never heard of this. No, me, this is horrendous. That's what I was saying, though. Remember when we were speaking about the red? Yes. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And it's literally oh. it's the word. It's heinous. You're saying that at murder number three. three? Yeah. yeah. So this murder was a changing point for Chikatilo, and he found that he could no longer resist his devious urges. Between July and September 1982, so just three months, he killed a further five victims Ooh. between the oh. ages of nine and eighteen. Mm. His targets were children, runaways, and young vagrants at bus or railway stations. Mm. He would befriend them and entice them to a remote area where he would murder them, usually by stabbing, slashing, and eviscerating the victim with a knife. Although some victims, in addition to receiving a multitude of knife wounds, were also strangled or battered to death. Do we know if at this point there was somebody, so what are we, did you say another five, so what were about eight? Were they across different areas because he was travelling for work? Had anyone made a connection between the sort of the yeah, the way in which he's going? So it? not just yet, and and we'll talk okay. a little bit more through that because it's it's a fascinating thing, right? You've got this yes. overlaid with the Soviet Union and their views, and yeah. and in some ways the uh, views of the time in in Soviet Russia enabled a lot of what he did, and and I'll talk to that more in detail. So many of the victims' bodies bore evidence of mutilation to the eye sockets. Chikatilo's adult female victims were often prostitutes or homeless women. He would lure them with the promises of money or alcohol to an area where he would attempt to rape them. Of course, he would usually struggle to reach erection and this would enrage him. And it was worse if the women mocked him for his impotence. So in one of the movies or documentaries we watched, he was trying to have trying to rape um, a woman who was a prostitute, I think, in the movie, and she was lying on the ground laughing at him because, you know, she, he couldn't rape her and so it was kind of uh, ridiculous, I guess. Not not hilarious but ridiculous, the whole situation. But he would then be worse towards mm, them. Bad idea. So the only way he could reach orgasm was by stabbing and slashing his victim to death. Whilst his adult victims were all women, Chikatilo's child and adolescent victims were of both sexes. Mm. He would use various tricks to gain their trust and lure them to his killing spot. These included promising them assistance or company or offering to show them a shortcut, 
a chance to view rare stamps, films, or co- or coins, or of course the one we spoke about earlier, um, the offer of food or candy. Oh, to show. I mean, it, it also speaks the time. Imagine if someone tried to show kids a coin collection these days. That oh, no. or <laughs> stamps. Thanks, you fucking pedo. Yeah, no stamps. stamps. <laughs> what? Yeah. You, don't, you don't need stamps to send emails, mate. Yeah. No one's doing that anymore. So once alone, it was easy to overpower the victims. He would often tie their hands behind their backs with a length of rope, shove mud into their mouths to silence their screams, and then proceed to kill them. After the killing, he would make a vague attempt to conceal the body. So this is post the additional five that we spoke about between July and September. So on the 11th of December, 1982, Chikatilo was on a bus where he encountered a 10-year-old girl named Olga Starmachinov, who was travelling to her parents' home in Novoshaktinsk. He managed to persuade her to get off the bus with him. A fellow passenger later reported that a middle-aged man had led the girl away firmly by the hand. Chikatilo took Olga to a cornfield on the outskirts of the city, stabbed her in excess of 50 times around the head and body, ripped open her chest and excised her lower bowel and uterus. You can come back now. But you were saying that he eviscerated others. We just it's just that whole bit that happened before that with the um the whole pulling the chest cavity open, right? Well, Whoa. I was trying not to say it because Swanee was back, but you know that's all right. Okay, okay. He's, he's, right. That's why they called him a ripper. I'm guessing he's just getting so, so brutal. Beyond, oh. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a butcher. To your question, yeah, so he was the butcher of Rostov as well as the Rostov Ripper Ripper. and the Red Ripper. So, Swanee, to your question earlier, by now you're probably wondering where the police are. Yes. Well, firstly, let's talk about serial killers in the Soviet Union. So serial killers were covered up, basically. So so they had a policy where they denied the existence of serial killers. Did they deny the oh. existence of killers or just ones who keep doing it? No, serial, right. just, just serial. serial. Yeah, so, so murders were murders were normal in, in Soviet Russia. Encouraged. Uh, or happened. <laughs> well, That's you the know, you only government it. ones. Murders were normal. In fact, encouraged. Well, I, yeah, I think, I think government murders were mm. probably encouraged. Disappearances, yeah. And quite possibly still are. But, yeah, so, so it was a government policy and they even suppressed and tried to ban the advanced poli- policing techniques that would help Like profiling so, and things like that. Because, because we don't invest in that because we don't have Because they don't exist. And yeah. the reason behind it was one of optics. So America had for a while had a global reputation as being the home of serial killers. And the Soviets mm. decided to weaponise this viewpoint by covering up their own multiple murderers and pushing the narrative that the concept was almost exclusive to the USA and a byproduct of American culture and capitalism. Oh, okay, right. That actually makes sense. Yeah, 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 right. So they're saying from a political because yeah, got it. Yeah, and and they're using words like in the in one of the things we're watching, using words like decadence and you know all of that. So because you've got all that, you also then have this. Yeah, that's why it's we don't good have here. Any of it's that. safe here. We don't have serial killers because we Correct. are not capitalist Western pigs. So they actually would then sit there and whilst they were talking about the fact that there were murders, they would absolutely reject any conversation Other being around the same being a serial killer. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. Yeah. Gosh. Because that was a Yankee thing. Got it, got it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, or, or at least a Western thing. Mm. Um, or is this is a combination yeah. of the two being a wanky thing? Jizzy, jizzed wizard, <laughs> or a jizzy wizzy? 
I feel like we've moved so far away from the juiced wizard. I I just feel like I knew we were. Sorry, whoever brought it into this conversation. Absolutely, and I I knew that. I knew that even from the beginning, because at one point I was feeling so sorry for him. You know, early on, thinking, "Oh, what a terrible existence, poor darling." I think you always well, not you personally, but I, I. There's always an element where. We're talking about an individual who had a really awful upbringing and you think, it, you know, yeah. everything's stacked against them. And you know, because we do a crime podcast, that we're going to go eventually down the path of them being a murderer. And you do feel sympathetic yeah. until there is some until, kind of yeah. tipping point where, you know, mm, like you don't. biting a woman's nipple off and eating, like killing someone with your mm. teeth. Oh. It's one thing to have strangled her in a moment of passion or something like that. It's quite another to get into this. Just gore and oh, absolute violation of people. Schmidt, you know how I said that as part of my story? Mm. Because it was part of my story, I felt almost a little bit sheltered from it. But when you just threw that back at me, I nearly wanted to vomit it's in disgusting, my mouth. I was yeah. just like, oh, now it's part of actual conversation. Mm. We can't be talking though like that. No. Despite all of that, uh, the police... Uh, were investigating and by January 1983, four victims had been linked to the same unknown killer. A police team headed by Major Mikhail Fetisov was sent from Moscow to Rostov-on-Don to direct the investigation, which became known as Operation Forest Park. Don't go up that forest park. (laughs) Fetisov established a team of 10 investigators based in Rostov, including a newly appointed specialist forensic analyst, Viktor Burakov to head the investigation. In April 1983, Olga Stalmichinok's body was found. Burakov attended the crime scene where he examined the numerous knife wounds and eviscerations, as well as the striations on her eye sockets. Burakov determined that this was the work of a serial killer. So the other thing to make note of is that because um, of this belief that there were no serial killers in the Soviet Union mm. and because of restrictions on media, there was literally no coverage of it, right? So, so no one knew to stay away or be careful. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Exactly that. I wondered yes. about that when you were talking about little girls being let off a, you know, a bus and I'm like, this is like victim eight or nine or something. Like yep. why are people still just going along with these things okay yeah right. and and so even in one of the documentaries or movies that we watched um they were talking about the fact that the investigators were saying we have to go public with this we have to go public with this and they're going why yeah. on earth would you do that and they're going well because to then people can people. make um mm. yeah, yeah and they're going no no this doesn't exist or you know is that kind of you know we, we, we are not we're never ever going to admit that weakness within our own political Shocking, system, our it? own society. Because it's a Western yeah. um, concept. I, I get, decadency, I get the political saying. overlay, yeah. but, you know, it's just when states forget that they're there to actually protect their people, it's just beyond infuriating. Chikatilo did not kill again until 1983, and there was some talk of the fact that because the guy who was found guilty of mm, the got murder the death that penalty. he committed... Mm and got the death penalty, he was put off. And I only saw that in one of the things. It wasn't like a common theme coming through, but potentially that's why he Ah. stopped for, you know, about 18 months. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. There's no no reason that would suggest he would stop for that period otherwise. I get what you're saying, but I also think there's nothing linking him to this. The other guy's been put to death in court. 
No, no, what, what I'm saying is that he realised that, that potentially he would be killed yeah, for this. Yeah, no, I understand. And so yeah, yeah. tried to resist the urge for a bit. Okay. Anyway, so in June 1983, uh, his victim was a 15-year-old Armenian girl named Laura Sarkissian. Her body was found close to an unmarked railway platform near Shakti. By September, he had killed a further five victims. Good God. Oh. Like, it's just incredible the... You know, June 1983 kills again and then July, August, September and he's killed five more. Mm. And often, I don't know if you're picking up on this, but there's a a fair connection between the summer months. So I'm assuming that, you know, during winter it's it's snowing and there's a lot of snow, it's freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as the murders continued, the police continued to connect them uh, due to the similarities in the wounds inflicted on the bodies. The Soviet authorities had no choice but to acknowledge that the serial killer was on the loose. Yeah, but only the one. Correct. You say that, and I'm glad you there said that. There are plenty that. of others, by the way, but, yeah, yeah, go on. No, no, but but hold your breath. So on the 6th of September, you're you literally a couple of sentences early. On the 6th of September 1983, the public prosecutor of the Soviet Union formally linked six of the murders thus far attributed to the same killer. However... <laughs> There were a number of theories on who was conducting the murderers. So due to the savagery of the murders, police hypothesised, and whilst I say due to the savagery, I think there's also an underlying tone of due to the fact that serial killers don't exist. Mm. Mm. The killings had been conducted by either a a group harvesting organs to sell for transplant or the work of a satanic cult. Oh, that old chestnut, yeah. That old chestnut. Or, and this is the closest one, a mentally ill individual. So they're not ruling out now a serial killer, but there's, of course, all these other things that it could be as well. Mm. I'm surprised you didn't say Uh, a foreigner, an American in point of fact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Definitely. Yes, a decadent American. That's right. So we didn't go that far, but we did, of course, go to the point of police concentrating their effort on the theory that the killer must be mentally ill, homosexual, or a pedophile. Or all of the above. <laughs> At least we've made a distinction between homosexuals and pedophiles. That's true, around, true. Because often they're the same thing. Same thing, yep. This led the police to focus on these groups and they checked the alibis of all individuals who had either spent time in psychiatric wards or who'd been, been convicted of homosexuality or pedophilia. So he's not going to get picked Registered, up at all because none of those things. Not, not, yeah. not, not if that's the where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Registered sex offenders were also investigated and if their alibi was corroborated, they were eliminated from the inquiry. And when we say eliminated in Mother Russia, we mean eliminated. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you next Boom. Tuesday. Um, and so, of course, like there was literally uh, in one of the things again, and, and, you know, I appreciate that we watched a documentary and a movie and there's no... Some of those things are blurred, so yeah. it's not necessarily fact in what I'm saying. Yeah. But but there was you know conversation around the fact that you will stop investigating you know people who are hanging around train stations or whatever, and you will investigate homosexuals because it's clearly that. So funnily enough, uh, after a number of months and and probably years investigating, they were getting desperate to find the killer. So some defective detecting took place. Beginning in September 1983, several young men confessed to the murders. Oh, were they coerced? Why do you know? 
Yeah. These men were often intellectually disabled and admitted oh. to the crimes only after prolonged and often brutal interrogation. Brendan Dassey, yeah. Three known homosexuals and a convicted sex offender committed suicide as a result of the investigators' heavy-handed tactics. Jesus. And as a result of this thorough investigation, more than 1,000 unrelated crimes, including 95 murders, 140 aggravated assaults and 245 rapes, was solved. Were solved in quotation Real marks solved? or accounted Ooh. for because then they could just... These <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the difference? Voice. A lot Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so, so they, they literally... Wiped the... Did all, we've all they found all people guilty of all of these crimes as a result of an investigation focusing on this serial killer. And some of them may have been legitimate. I just want to go back to your statistic. Did you say three people killed themselves? Uh, three known homosexuals and a convicted sex offender. Sorry, so, so four, four people yeah. completed suicide. So that's five people who are innocent now of these crimes who Correct. are now dead. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly right. All right. Unsurprisingly, as police obtained confessions from alleged suspects, bodies continued to be discovered. This proved the innocence of those suspects that had confessed. Oh, uh, on the 30th of October 1983, the body of a 19-year-old prostitute, Vera Shevkun, was found in Shakti. Shevkun had been killed on the 27th of October. Although mm -hmm. the mutilations inflicted upon Shevkun's body were otherwise characteristic of those found upon other victims, her eyes were not wounded. Two months later, on the 27th of December, a 14-year-old schoolboy, Sergei Markov, was lured off a train and murdered at a rural station near Novochokhsk. Markov was emasculated and suffered over 70 knife wounds to his oh neck and upper God. torso before Jesus. being disemboweled. Oh, God. Like, it's so, so brutal. And Why can't I go back to we, you've never heard of it because Jack the Ripper only killed five people. And it's incredible, isn't it? And they similarly violent and, and horrendous. The, the other what? thing is that the reason, I'll, I'll come to this a bit later, but the reason that there's so much detail is because they changed the media laws. So the media could actually mm. start to report yeah. on it. But it's incredible. Uh, and the, the other piece, of, the other point I was going to make is that it's so violent and it's so horrific and he's doing it so that he can ejaculate. Like, Well, that's why like, so many really? of them. Yeah, I don't know. This one seems worse. I don't know. What do you mean? This, this particular victim? Well, because I think other people, they might ejaculate after the killing. You know, they might have a... Oh no! This is just to ejaculate. I he's see. actually doing it to to get off. Like you know, he's to finish. Yeah, yeah so, I'm so... not sure. I'm not sure about that because I'm pretty sure Ed Kemper. I mean, we know that he committed Iramashio and defiled the bodies of the women that he murdered. And that, yeah, yeah. Was, that was all about sexual gratification. Oh, yeah, no, no. So I'm, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that I don't know that so many of them were getting off whilst they're killing people, right? So they might have killed, got a rush and then ejaculated, but he's actually sitting there. It depends on what you mean by, yeah. But, I mean, when Swanee did Gacy, he, he was just as bad. I, I don't know. I think there's, it depends on what you're calling getting off, right? Like, I, I recognise that you're talking about the actual ejaculation, but, but they get off on all of it. I think well, no, no, the so, so there are people who do it for be, fun, yeah. they do it for you know, satisfaction, do it for giggles. a rush, all those sorts of things. But he's actually then ejaculating 
as bingo. Part of a, I reckon I've done about twenty bingos in the last three the sentences. Way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lucky you were drinking rosé every Got time. Got rosé yet? Um, oh, I'm, th- I'm three bottles in. But here's the thing, right? So this is '83. Surely the USSR had access to DNA profiling at this point in time. I know it was rudimentary, but by 83, DNA, and he's ejaculating on everything. He's like the Jizzy Wizard. So, like, surely, Jizzard Wizard, it's that band, Wizard. I love love it, Schmitty. You're you're always just that little bit. A little bit ahead. A little bit ahead of the story. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I was just going to say that. You're a little bit of funny. We're We're about a page away from that. Oh, mate, um, he's left so much evidence. Actually, but he hasn't. <laughs> evidence. What They're do you mean he hasn't? He's he left, hasn't. He's, he he's doesn't. Like, but oh, he's not, what does he um, do, come in his hand or something? But he's either doing it beside them or no, he's, doing it on he's only found them on three um, of the people that he's killed, like on their back or on their stomach. I don't think that's like the that. case by now. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so let's go to 1984, right? Not the book. It doesn't have a cum cup. Jesus Christ. We've done the jizzard wizard, jizzy wizzy, and now we've got a cum cup. Well, I think it's a sock. Yeah, exactly. Well, even they could leak. So you've got to have something that won't leak. It it could just contain it in a cum container, if you like, so that. You know, he's not leaving his DNA. But I suppose it's very early in the terms of DNA, so he's probably not necessarily worrying about... Not thinking about that, no. ...how much of his mm. seed he leaves everywhere. Sorry, go on. Seed. <laughs> <laughs> that always follows me, that word. It's awful, seed. isn't it? I know. I don't know what it is. It's just sort of... It's gross. I- icky, yeah. Mm. Once this whole before... story is icky. Yeah. <laughs> Once before you two accused me of saying nothing and doing an old teacher's trick where you just say nothing until they've Everyone's talked themselves talk, talk out. out. Yeah. I'm literally waiting for you two to talk <laughs> themselves work. out. This didn't work. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing of once I'm safe within my own story, I'm okay, but when you start repeating it back to me, it makes me want to vomit. Oh, It's pretty gross, yeah. That's oh, terrible. Mm. So in 1984, the bodies continue to appear. In January and February 1984, Chikatilo killed two women in Rostov's Park of Aviators. On the 24th of March, he lured a 10-year-old boy, Dmitry Tashnikov, away from a stamp kiosk in Novoshaktinsk while walking. It is, it is your Nizhny <laughs> Novgorod, isn't it? It's so fucking annoying. I'm going to stop and take a breath. Nizhny Novgorod. Like, it's now, the same how thing. do you say that? Novoshaktinsk. Novoshaktinsk. N-O-V-O-S-H-A-K-H-T-I-N-S-K. Oh, yeah, right. Fair enough. Now, can I, have, can I buy a consonant? I think I need to buy about seven <laughs> oh. vowels. Whilst walking with the boy, Chikatilo was seen by several witnesses who were able to give investigators a description of the killer. Do you want to say it? I bet he looks like some kind of clown, but yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a KGB agent. Yeah, in disguise. If I had that and a lineup of seven people who all looked like that, they would all look the same regardless. Well, for our listeners, for our listeners, it's a drawing of a 
a person with a pair of sunglasses on and a hat and it really does just look like a generic KGB agent, yeah. Yeah, it really does, I, doesn't it? But if someone showed me that picture, I would not get a Russian vibe at all. It's, to me, there's something sort of like South American or Central American with that hat. I expect him to be like doing some kind of Carlos Santos kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be <laughs> anything, right? If, I know, I don't, I don't get anything. Oh, you whack yeah. a, apart from There's the bum chin, you whack a, a hat and a pair of glasses on almost anyone and yeah. they look similar to that. When Tashnikov's body was found three days later, police also found a footprint of the killer and both semen and saliva samples on the victim's clothing. Bingo. So um, as we spoke about oh, earlier. No, the word for bingo was uh, ejaculation. You <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Sorry, no, you're not following along the game. That's a false bingo call. You're going to have to sit out for the next two rounds. (laughs) And we should have clarified that every euphemism for an ejaculate also counts for the drinking game. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. Ridiculous Like we are really like this is so horrific. I know. What can you do with this information? (sighs) Well, I think it's literally that, right? It's so bad that you've kind of got to look elsewhere. So as we spoke about, the rate of killing was quite incredible. So on the 25th of May, 1984, Chikatilo killed a young woman named Tatiana Petrosian and her 10-year-old daughter, <gasps> Svetlana. Oh, my God. In a wooded area outside Shakti. <sighs> Petrosian had known Chik- Chikatilo for several years prior to her murder. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah, and I don't, it didn't say anything like this, but I do wonder if perhaps she hadn't started to go, hang on a minute. Something's connected. Uh, yeah. Is this you? So mm. he killed her and her daughter. Two months later, he killed three additional young women between the ages of 19 and 21 and a 13 year old boy. Oh, gee. Like it's just, it's like bang, bang, it's bang, just... bang, bang, bang. Incredible. There aren't words to describe how horrendous this is. Yeah. You know, like this is an audio show, so no one sees our faces when we're listening. And Often when I get it back, you hear, mm-hmm, right? And it sounds like we're not we're not getting Human. affected by it. It <laughs> yeah, is yeah. horrendous. Yeah. It's quite the opposite, right? It's just... You don't know, you can't even say anything. Like you, you, you don't even know how to respond to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you right. just go, right, uh-huh. uh-huh. So if um, anyone's listened for any of our shows and you hear that and you think, geez, they're heartless, it's not that, it's just, I, I don't know what to say. Something you can't process, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, literally two months after that, he'd killed three women and another boy. And a boy. Goodness. That's one every two weeks kind of thing. Like, but that's sort of the, there has been spates of this, and you were saying earlier about it being sort of almost seasonal because of the summer, but that's kind of been his run rate. Well, yeah, but so this is in the winter almost. So so he's done, oh if we look at 84, he did so to be two fair, women like, I don't January. have I don't have a penis, so I don't know the answer to this, but how often would you wank, right? If you're just like a, how old is he now? He's a middle-aged man. No, no, ex- boy was born in 36, so he's like 48. What would you expect the 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 regularity of uh, masturbation to be? Because, you know, he's storing it up for a kill. You know what I mean? Yeah, not well, I'm, I'm not saying it's all right, but, I mean, it could be worse almost. So, Schmitty, we were talking about how a, a lot of them were summer. So 84, though. He's killed two people, one in Jan and Feb. In March, he's lured a 10-year-old boy, so that's three. Then he's done another one on the 25th of May. And then in the two months after that, he's killed four. 
Yeah, well, so he ramps eight. up in the summer. Eight. In how yeah. many months? Maybe seven months. He's killed eight people. Mm. One a month. So then in the summer of 1984, Chikatilo was fired from his work as a supply clerk for the theft of two rolls of linoleum, also known as lino. Um, (laughs) He'd been asked to resign quietly but had refused to do so as he had denied the charges. He found another job as a supply clerk in Rostov on the 1st of August. Just a day later, and I say this in jest, but to celebrate his new appointment... On the 2nd of August. Oh, no. Oh, no, matron, that's not humorous. (laughs) Chikatilo killed a 16-year-old girl, Natalia Mm. Golosovskaya, in the park of aviators. Back again. Golosovskaya. So that's the 2nd of August. On the 7th of August, he lured a 17-year-old girl, Lyudmila Alexeyeva, to the banks of the Don River on the pretense of showing her a shortcut to a bus terminal. Alexeyeva suffered 39 slash wounds to her body before Chikatilo mutilated and disemboweled her. He intentionally inflicted wounds he knew would not be immediately fatal. And I'm guessing guessing this was to help him reach orgasm. See, earlier... Earlier in some of these earlier ones when you've said he strangled her and they've done that, I'm thinking, well, hopefully they died... I mean, it's yeah, no, the no. worst but, thing ever, but please let them not have suffered, you know. But no, now he's at yeah, the point well, where no, no, it's but even suffering the, is the, the goal. There's people with, no, no, ejaculation is the goal, right? So Yes, this but is it, I have to prolong it so that I can ejaculate. Correct. Yeah. And that's the piece that I was saying earlier about. Drink, drink. Other people getting, yeah, bingo. <laughs> bingo. So other, other people killed for. Um, the pleasure of killing and the power yeah. and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, there were stories of, you know, 50 stab wounds, 70 stab wounds, whatever, and I think it was just as long as it took him to get to that point. Uh, a, a, a question that just relates to, I'm going to say it incorrectly because I'm going to call it Chutney. What's the name of the, the town or the city that they live in? Uh, Rostov, but no, Sh- oh. Sh- uh, Shakti. Shakti. Is Shakti. That a, is that another town that he travels to i think it's an area all right because it it, it sounds like there's been a couple that have happened there i just, I just so mo- most of the these population are around where he lives so, so he's the yeah. of rostov right so most of these are in rostov and, and again we'll talk about this a little bit later but because he had a job where he could then travel yeah he started to do Branch murders out. in a lot of other places Got as it. well and so, and the, the idea is that instead of being on high alert because the media is saying we've got a serial killer on our hands, there's no nothing. So, nothing so being there's shared. no media at all, at all, and there is absolute denial and resistance. From so, the that, so they deny that there's a serial killer, and they resist any um, conversation or any acknowledgement. Right. So when when people say we need to get this out to the media, they go, but there is no serial killer. We don't have them in Russia. That's a decadence uh, of the um, but Western by world. About, but by about 83, though, that narrative changes, you were saying. Only with the investigators, right? So they're now going, oh, we've got so a serial killer. Oh, so still not in the media. No. no, no, God, oh, no. That's what I, that's oh, what I, I think. That's, that. okay. that's where I think I just cannot get. It's basically allowing people to become victims because Murdered. they're not being informed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. You know, like, it's the opposite with most crimes. It's like, oh, my God, you know, it's a bit sensationalised in some respects. So it's like, you've got to be careful. You can't do this. You can't do that. This is like, oh, no, we, we, we don't dare say anything. So it, people are just 
and I wonder, and I don't know if you have this from maybe some of the documentaries or whatever else, were people in the public aware that, were they starting to put things together? Was there any talk or people um, just okay, totally so unaware? Okay, so there's not a serial killer, but have we at least reported that there are X number of people murdered in yeah, this like way? Like DG Chambers, Nothing what a coincidence. Nothing, Nothing at all. No, no, but, no because remember he's, he's, he's victimising or he's getting people who are... Don't have families necessarily. Prostitutes, yep. homeless. Yep. So, so the adults fringe, are those yep. kind of people. But yep. then you... Yep. In the movie, John Wayne Gacy, the kids that he was getting were kids who would ride the trains for fun, right? Because they had yeah. nothing to do. Nothing mm. to do. So they just jump on a poor, train. So they'd just go riding trains. But also, some of them were vagrants, etc. So no one's of looking course. for them either. Yeah. And if it's not, well, what I was, my question was, is it every day, oh, ex body found? But none of yeah, that's even none, in the press. Yeah. No, so no. So the no press are not. No one is aware. No one is aware that this nobody. is Correct. going on. All the time. The police are. And, and so, you know, there's things yeah. like the police having, in one of them, uh, it was the movie we were watching, right, and the movie was full of Americans doing bad Russian accents. So, like um, me, yeah. Well, except you're not American. What's his name? No, but um, they were very bad Russian Donald accent. Sutherland. D- yeah, Donald, Donald Sutherland was there. Doing, on... And, you know, sometimes you're going, God, what accent's that? Like yours earlier when you were Russian oh, like and you were Indian. like 100 but I'm... <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my point was Shakti it was... It was in uh, Calcutta. It was... <laughs> it, well. it was an American-made movie, right? So, yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because there was one point where the bloke was saying, can I reach out to the FBI to get some tips on how to do this? And I Profiling, couldn't work out if that was yeah. actually fact or if that or, was okay. that, yep. you know, American spin on the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I didn't see that anywhere else. What are we up to now? Uh, so we're just going from the fact that there was the 2nd of August to the 7th of August. Is this I want a body count, but also I, I realise you, you don't have that. But um, what year? Is this 89 now? 84 still. Oh, I know. God. So, so remember we said eight Far up until out. July. Then he's done two more in August. That's in this year, though. From this the is beginning. still 84, so that's 10 so far in 84. But he started between... killing in 78. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying for this one year, though, okay, he's up to right. 10 in eight months. All right, okay. Alexieva's body was found the following morning, her excised upper lip inside her mouth. Oh, fuck off. So hours after killing Lyudmila, Chikatilo flew to the Uzbek capital of Tashkent on a business trip. By the oh, time he do. returned to Rostov on the 15th of August, He'd killed an unidentified young woman and a 10-year-old girl, Akmaral Sedalieva. In? When, when he was away. He's back, where did he go? He's so he's, yeah, he went to Tashkent, killed yeah. two more people, then came back on the 15th of August. Within two weeks of returning, the nude body of an 11-year-old boy named Alexander Chepel was discovered on the banks of the Don River, strangled and castrated with his eyes oh. gouged out. Oh, oh. my God! And on the 6th of September, Chikatilo killed a young librarian, 24-year-old Irina Ruchinskaya in the Park of Aviators. So Again. there's literally, what I don't know what we're up to now, like 14 or something. 32. We're up to 32 in the context of his entire career of killing. Well, yeah. I reckon we're up to 14 for this year, right? Something like that. It's, it'll be close to that. I'll let you and, know. keep going. you know, the, the banks of the Don River, the Park of Aviators, so they're, they're showing up in similar places. Finally, police started staking out train and bus stations on the 13th of September, <laughs> 1984. Finally. Like literally finally, right? 
Chikatilo was observed by two undercover detectives attempting to talk to young women at Rostov bus station. The detectives followed him as he wandered through the city trying to approach women and committing acts of frotterism. Do you know what frotterism is? I do indeed. I've had it on the tube in uh, London. Have you? Yeah, I had to yeah. Google is it. Is that looking up your sure. skirt no, or something? No, no. Oh, it's rubbing your dick against you. Against you. Yeah. It's yeah. rubbing yeah. genitals against bodies of non-consenting people. Yeah. Mm. I've had it big time places. in London. Have you? Oh. Yeah. yeah, rubbing his yeah, genitals filthy against the bodies yeah. of non-consenting yeah. people. Like, I think oh. it happened in uh, Ballum, from memory. Mm. So upon Chikatilo's arrival at the city's central market, he was arrested and held. How good's that? Oh, wow. The police searched his belongings and found a knife with a 20-centimetre blade, several lengths of rope, and a jar of Vaseline. Oh, yuck. The Vaseline just makes it so much creepier, doesn't it? We've done a couple of crimes where we've talked about Vaseline. Well, we've we've never spoken about Vaseline, to be honest. I, was say, I don't remember talking about Vaseline, but I remember But there, we have done crimes where we have said Vaseline was somewhere, like, found and blah, blah, and none of us have ever asked about it because we've all assumed we understood what it was used for. It is repulsive when it's in this sort oh. of context. It's quite useful, you know, it's, when you've got I think it's, dry lips or something. Yeah, but, like know, I love it for dry otherwise, lips. <laughs> otherwise. The bit, I, the bit I don't get is you don't need Vaseline to murder someone. I get the rope and I get the knife, but the Vaseline just means. It, maybe he's just using it to masturbate. Possibly. Let's yeah. let's go with that. That's the maybe he's just doing it to keep his lips. <laughs> That's the, it's yeah, yeah. Shy. His lips are very dry. <laughs> oh, it's a hot summer. I need to put some Vaseline oh. on my lips before I go and do well, if this. If only they had. If only they did chapstick. Mm. Yeah, it'll come. Get... it'll come, Russia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Through the subsequent investigation, Chikatilo's dubious background was uncovered. They worked out that the alleged theft from his previous employer, which the lino. Yeah, the line A. Yeah. Um, so he'd obviously been sacked then, but resulted in a police investigation and allowed pl- police to hold him in custody for longer. Okay. So that was important. His physical description matched the description of the man seen walking alongside Dmitry Tashnikov prior to the boy's murder. Also the KGB agent. Exactly. I was going to say, when they pulled up the KGB agent picture, they went, oh, it's obviously him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And if you saw a photo of this bloke, I mean, it doesn't look, look anything like I that. I have. Absolutely all, looks like They that. also it picked 20 other function. random men no. from the Soviet at the time and they all matched that description. <laughs> <That's> right, <yeah. laughs> so coming back to the DNA, uh, so a sample of Chikatilo's blood was taken the results of which revealed his blood group to be type A, whereas semen samples found upon a total of six victims murdered by the unknown killer throughout the spring and summer of 84 had been classified by medical examiners to be type AB. Was that an error? No. No. Someone else is doing it? We'll come to that soon. We'll come to that. So, So Chikatilo's name was added to the card index file used by investigators However, the results of his blood type analysis largely discounted him as being the unknown killer. Chikatilo was found guilty of theft of property from his previous employer and he lost his job. Importantly, his membership of the Communist Party was revoked and he was sentenced to one year in prison. So the reason I say importantly is that, again, in the movie, there was talk of the fact that because he was a Communist Party member, they shouldn't be investigating him. And and granted, that's the movie, right? So that 
possibly is is loose fact if fact at all but I was going to raise that before with the, when we were going right back to that first murder when the other guy got taken down and then um, executed for it. I wondered if there was some sort of favoritism slash some protection protection because the other yeah, because yeah. it's a communist party. Andre is, yeah, yeah. yeah, but also, but also remember he had the um, watertight alibi from his wife, whereas the other blokes but she wasn't also had a watertight, a watertight alibi, watertight ab- ab- alibi from his wife, they were a friend, and same. two others. Yeah, 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 yeah But he had a prior, didn't he? Pri- the other guy, prior, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. He may have been part of the Communist Party, but I didn't didn't say that he was. I wondered that at the time if he was getting sort of yeah. I wondered whether treatment. or not he joined the Communist Party. You know when he was being bullied as a kid, and I wondered whether he joined it to try and avoid people picking on him. Yeah, no, no, I think he was all for to get it. Protection. But I think it was just who wasn't for it. I mean, it's the USSR. Everyone has to be for it. There's no other choice. Back in the USSR. USSR. You know how lucky you are to survive this guy. Yeah, exactly right. So he got one year in prison. He was released from custody on the 12th of December 1984 after serving three months. On the 8th of October 1984, the head of the Russian Public Prosecutor's Office formally linked 23 of Chikatilo's murders into one case and dropped all charges against the mentally disabled youths who had previously confessed to the murders. Good. Some good news. I know, right? I'm happy with that. Uh, Upon his release from prison in December 1984, Chikatilo found new work within the supply department of a locomotive factory in Novichokask and attempted to lay low. Such were his efforts that he did not kill again until the 1st of August 1985. What, like nine months or so? Yeah, yeah. Bully, bully. He's amazing, isn't he? Uh, He again found himself travelling to Moscow for work where he encountered an 18-year-old woman named Natalia Poklistova standing on a railway platform. Chikatilo managed to lure her off a train into a thicket of woods close to the village of Vostriokovo. What did I choose this story? (laughs) How do I do it? I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about the guy, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were making a sarcastic oh, joke no, about my no, immaculate pronunciation. No, I just can't believe how convincing he uh, is to have all these people merrily follow him off to the bushes. Because you know there's I mean? no warning. There is nothing anywhere. Still... Yeah, but, you know, like it's 84 and 85, we were all, yeah. you know, we were all wandering around not expecting to get murdered by serial killers. Yeah, not, and, and that's not even in the USSR. I'm talking about yeah. anywhere. We were anywhere. innocent. There was, yep. yeah. And our press didn't, th- you know, terrify us. We, no. we didn't have this sort of. Also, yeah. this is one of the worst serial killers in history. Ever. Right? Yeah. Ever. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Apart from Hitler, but yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, correct. So uh, he took her to a thicket of woods where she was bound, stabbed 38 times in her neck and chest then strangled to death. So, again, coming back to what we've been talking about, he inflicts all of the pain and then you're correct. Exactly right, Schmidt, exactly right. Police had a theory that the killer had travelled from the Rostov Oblast to Moscow via air and investigators checked all Aeroflot flight records of passengers who had commuted between Moscow and the Rostov region between late July and Why would August. they have thought that? They just had a, a theory, a hunch. right? So, yeah, some, something must have alluded to that. So they went, all right, let's go hard and try to work that out. Because I guess what they thought is these similar killings have happened here 
and now it's happened in Moscow. So he's probably yep. flown to Moscow to do that. Okay. So they went and, yep. and looked at all of that. However, luckily for Chikatilo, not for anyone else, he travelled to Moscow by train and accordingly no documentation existed for investigators to research. Okay. Four weeks later, on the 27th of August, Chikatilo killed another young woman, Irina Gulyaeva in Shakti. As had been the case with Poklistova, Poklistova, uh, the wounds inflicted upon the victim linked her murder to the hunt for the serial killer. In November 1985, a special agent, Issa Kostoyev, was appointed to supervise the investigation, which had grown to a team of 15 agents and 29 detectives assigned to work exclusively upon the manhunt. The known murders linked to the manhunt were carefully reinvestigated and police began another round of questioning of known sex offenders and homosexuals. Because, of course, when all else fails, investigate the homosexuals. We all know how much they love adult women, prostitutes and children. <laughs> that's my that's my poetic license. But, like, seriously, like, what? Oh, come on, they like women. They just oh, don't like women. Like, love them, but not like that. Maybe that's why they were going for the homosexuals, because they were murdering women but couldn't get an erection whilst doing it. Yeah, but I think oh, at that could the be a time, to be honest. possibly, but at the time I'm pretty sure homosexuality would have been illegal in the USSR. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, I think it they'll still is. Shit out of them in the movie. It still is. The following month, the patrolling of railway stations around Rostov resumed, and plain clothed female officers were ordered to loiter around bus and train stations. At the request of Burakov, police also took the step of consulting a psychiatrist, Dr. Alexander Bukhanovsky. They're really on top of it, aren't they? Now. I know, like they're catching up. You know what we could do? Is Slow but sure. Yeah, yeah. We could maybe profile this. Yeah. But this was the first such consultation in a serial killer investigation in the Soviet Union. Yeah. So it's significant, probably the only investigation of a serial killer, but anyway. <laughs> All crime yeah. scene and medical examiner's reports were made available to Bukhanovsky. Upon the understanding he would produce a psychological profile of the unknown murderer for investigators. Bukhanovsky, as it turned out, was quite amazing at his task and produced a 65-page psychological profile that described the killer as a reclusive man aged between 45 and 50 years old who uh, grew up as a tormented and isolated child. He also surmised the killer was incapable of flirting or courtship with women. He said the individual was well-educated, likely to be married and to have fathered children, but also a saddest who suffered from impotence and could achieve sexual arousal and release only by seeing his victims suffer. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? For the first time a psychological a psychologist, sorry, has It is, but this is the problem with profiling, right? It's too generic. It doesn't say, and that's the man who lives on 42nd blah blah street, right? So all of that might be completely correct. But if there are no I mean, he's been arrested before now, but did, when he gets arrested for stealing linoleum from his factory, they don't determine that he's impotent. They don't determine some of these characteristics. So that's the problem with profiling. But it, but in a in an investigation that has largely involved investigating homosexuals and pedophiles, oh yeah, no, no, he's turned it. He says man is father children, married he's and father children. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So he's yeah. got a lot of things right. He's got the age more or less right. You know, he's he's done an incredible job. I think. He's, Totally bang on, especially in retrospect, right? Because if it had mm. turned out to be a woman who was 35 years old and just yeah. weird, 
you know, we, we would have said, hmm, your profile's wrong and we probably wouldn't have it on Wikipedia. But, you know, because he was so correct mm. and it, I'm not I'm not really doubting it, but modern psychology would say that profiling has its place, but it cannot pinpoint the person. No, no, but, but, yeah. I, but I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that fir- first time this has happened in the, in the Soviet Union yeah. and he's got all this stuff, right, and it's 40 years ago, right, with what we know now is probably commonplace. I reckon he's done an incredible job. No, he's job. done a great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least it helps the it helps the investigation to stop looking Move at homosexuals. Away from, yeah, yeah. And pedophiles. Yeah. So he also said the murders themselves replaced the sexual intercourse this individual was incapable of performing, and his knife became a substitute for his impotence because Penis. many of the killings had occurred on weekdays near mass transport hubs and across the entire Rostov Oblast. Bukhanovsky also argued that the killer's work required him to travel regularly and based upon the actual days of the week when the killings had occurred, the killer was most likely tied to a production schedule. Jeepers. It's like very it's, good. It's, very it's good. incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I very think, good. you know, if I was to go psychological profiling or tarot reading, <laughs> he's put psychological profiling up pretty high for me. Well, he's very good at it. So Chikatilo was following the investigation, reading newspaper reports about the manhunt for the killer, uh, which were now appearing in the media. Of course he was. He was also keeping his homicidal urges under control. For almost a year following the August 1985 murder of Gulyeva, no further victims were found in the killer's signature mutilations. So investigators did tentatively link the murder of a 33-year-old woman named Lyubov Golovka, mm-hmm. found stabbed to death in... Russia somewhere. Mm-hmm. Miaznikovsky, <laughs> district mm-hmm. of Rostov, on the 23rd of July 1986, uh, to the investigation. However, this connection was due to the killer's semen type matching that of the killer they were seeking, that the victim had been stripped naked prior to her murder and that she had been stabbed in excess of 20 times. However, the victim had not been dismembered or otherwise mutilated, nor had she been seen near mass transportation. Because of these discrepancies, many investigators expressed serious doubts as to whether Golovaka's murder had been committed by the killer they were seeking. The pronunciation is getting worse. Mm. Oh, no, it's getting tiring to say the words. They are so hard. <laughs> it's sort of like, oh, I, yeah. I feel like I'm drinking Prosecco to deal with the, um, <laughs> the horror and it's making my pronunciation worse. <laughs> and so it's just like the horror is going to become my pronunciation, not the murders. I think what happens is when there are so many crimes, you can't help but be desensitised to it. It just, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't mean that they're not all brutal, but it's, every victim, this is unbelievable. Every victim's lost their life. Every family has been affected, you know, like, but you just, you're right. It's like the, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah, that's, and the next one, and the next yeah, one. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's really important for people to understand that when we're hearing it, we don't know this story, right? No, none at all. We don't prep each other on what we're doing. And so our reactions, the people not telling the story but the people who are hearing it, are raw and it's like, mm. oh, my God, you know, and you think yeah. the, the there other- are things we laugh at but it's like I, I'm at this point where I cannot believe that at this point after all these murders that it is just about ejaculation. I'm sure he is, bingo, I'm sure he has moved into enjoying the kill now. I can't believe it's just well, about. No, no, but of course he's enjoying it to the point of ejaculation, right? I think that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's not, more than that. It's got to be more than that. Along <clears throat> that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Swanny Swan- stuff it. Swanny That's dancing. a lot of humping, isn't it? Is that when you do it? It's a lot of Get him off my back. Save oh. a heart attack. Everybody's humping around. Do you remember that body, Bobby Brown song, Humping Around? Bodies by Humping. I don't know. It's like Bodies by Right. Oh, it's a silly joke, sorry. Hmm. Yeah, but, right. that, but that's kind of my point is that, that these the, the, the brutality of it and the, the violence of it and all the rest of it, it's, it's got to be more than just to, to jack off. It's, it's more than that. It's a big commitment, I'll give you that. It's a big ask. Maybe it's a better wank if it goes for longer, right? You know, I think. Mm. Oh, there is that. I guess that's the the point. So anyway, uh, so so whilst whilst (laughs) they were were murders, maybe you nailed it right at the start, Swanee. So whilst there were murders happening and they were unsure whether or not they were connected to the serial killings. Because is there any, well, because it's not in the press, right? So there's no suggestion of copycatting either. No, no, well, yeah, so they, they don't actually talk at all about that and that becomes exactly. clear towards the end, mm. right? Chikatilo was not done uh, and on the 18th of August 1986, a victim was found buried in a shallow grave in the grounds of a collective farm in the city of Batesk. The wounds inflicted on this victim were consistent with the serial killer's previous murders the victim was an 18-year-old court secretary named Irina Pogolyova. Her body had been slit open from the neck to the genitalia. Oh. Swanee, you might want to yeah. de- Oh, for God's it. sake, at this point. <laughs> one, be- one breast removed and her eyes cut out. Nah, I'm done. Due to the attempts to bury the body, some investigators theorised that With this explained else. the drop in the number of victims found. So because mm. he'd, he'd tried harder to bury this victim for there some unknown reason, yeah. they perhaps hadn't found the other ones. The 1985 and 1986 murders occurred in July and August, and by the autumn of 1986, some investigators were theorising that the perp may have relocated to another part of the Soviet Union and returned to Rostov Oblast in summer. The Rostov police reached out to other areas of the Soviet Union, describing the patterns of wounds to see if there were similar murders taking place in other areas. However, there were no matches. In 1987, Chikatilo killed three times. Mm. On on each occasion, the murder took place whilst he was on a business trip far away from the Rostov Oblast, and none of these murders were linked to the manhunt in Rostov. Mm. The first murder was committed on the 16th of May when he encountered a 12-year-old boy, Oleg Makarenkov, at the train station in the Urals town of Revda. Makarenkov was lured to the train station with the promise of sharing a meal with Chikatilo. He was murdered in woodland close to the station, although his body would remain uncovered until 1991. In July, he killed 12-year-old boy Ivan Bulovetsky in the Ukrainian city of Zapor. Rizia. On the 15th of September, he killed a 16-year-old vocational school student, Yuri Tereshenok, in Woodland in the outskirts of Leningrad. Clarky, yeah. is, there, is there any suggestion that Andre kept a log of, I mean, he wouldn't have known these people's names if they were just people he was meeting on the street, I would have thought. So does he have some, you know how like some people like to yeah, keep yeah. record? Did he? There, there was no talk of that. No. But we'll talk about it a little bit later. There's so many. Um, I mean, he would have to have like an amazing he, memory to remember well, the past of what he did. He literally remembers things about some of them that only yeah. the killer would know. Okay. And that's how they realise that he's definitely the one who's done okay. these 
things. So in 1988, uh, Chikatilo again killed three times, murdering an unidentified woman by luring her off a train at Krasny Sulin. He followed his normal MO, bound her hands behind her back, stuffed dirt in her mouth and severed her nose from her face whilst also inflicting knife wounds. He then bludgeoned her to death with a slab of concrete. Do you later get on to the pathology of why he attacks faces? So the striations in the uh, eyes, cutting off the nose, cutting off the upper lip. Yeah, yeah, so part, so part of it, yes. Okay. Yes, right. so hold that, hold that thought. So there's, there's all these facial wounds, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a very significant thing that pops up through that. Right, okay. okay. Right. Yeah. So, so he then bludgeoned her to death with a slab of concrete. Uh, yeah. When her body was found not long after, investigation sorry, investigators found that her wounds were similar to the victims from 1982 to 1985. However, she'd been killed with a slab of concrete, had no Which wounds to her different. eyes or genitals, and okay. had not been disemboweled. Ooh. Investigators could not definitively link this murder to the serial killer. In May, Chikatilo killed a nine-year-old boy named... Alexei Voronko in the Ukrainian city of Ilovaisk. The boy's wounds left no doubt the killer had struck again and this murder was linked to the manhunt. On the 14th of July, Chikatilo killed 15-year-old Yevgeny Muratov at Donleskov station near Shakti. Despite his body not being found until April 1989, Muratov's murder was also linked to the investigation. His remains were largely skeletal, but the autopsy revealed he had been emasculated and suffered at least 39 wounds. Oh, God. What is it with cutting the genitals off boys too? Is it to make them more like girls? Oh, who knows, right? I just Probably I hate because to his think. penis doesn't work. Oh, maybe, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, so Chikatilo did not kill again until the 28th of February 1989 when he killed a 16-year-old girl, Tatjana Rizova. Uh, in his daughter's vacant apartment. I beg your pardon? God, his daughter's grown <laughs> it's, up. It's ridiculous, the fact that he's so close to home now too. Mm. He dismembered her body and hid the remains in a sewer. As the victim had oh. been dismembered, police did not link her murder to the investigation. Mm. Oh, God. Between How many people are getting absolutely slaughtered over there? Do you know what oh. I mean? Between uh, May and August. Oh, the end of this. Oh, another messy murder. Another but they don't have murder. a serial killer at all. We don't they have don't. a serial killer. No. How so between May and August, Chikatilo killed a further four victims, three of whom were killed in Rostov and Shakti, although only two of these victims were linked to the killer. So, like, I'm kind of just sprouting this off like data now. It's, it's you know, between these months, this many people, blah. It, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's incredible to kind of get your head around it but i think to the point earlier you almost have to become desensitized because i probably would have vomited three times by now if i went into a lot of detail about each one the other thing i find that is must be incredibly hard is that because there were so many murders that were not definitively linked to the serial killer it must have made the investigation so much harder for police because they're going, is that somebody else? Uh, are there many murders happening with many murderers? You know, what's what's actually going on here? There were plenty of victims that were definitively linked to the serial killer and as many were discovered close to railway stations, plainclothed officers were assigned to discreetly film and photograph passengers on trains throughout the Rostov Oblast. 
Several trains were also fitted with hidden cameras with the intention of filming or photographing a victim in the company of his or her murderer. So they're getting more more advanced at this. Mm. On the 14th of January 1990, Chikatilo encountered 11-year-old Andre Kravchenko standing outside a Shakti theatre. Kravchenko was lured from the theatre on the pretext of being shown imported Western films Chikatilo claimed to have at his residence. He was murdered and his extensively stabbed, emasculated body was found in a secluded section of woodland the following month. Seven weeks later, on the 7th of March, Chikatilo lured a 10-year-old boy, Yaroslav Marakov, from a Rostov train station to Rostov's Botanical Gardens. His eviscerated body was found the following day. I just can't believe that no one's ever happened upon it in the process of murdering someone so violently. It's, you know I mean? it's unbelievable. Oh. I'm going to have to assume it's a fairly remote place. I could be wrong, but. But what, Rostov or? Rostov. Oh. Well, everywhere he's killing people. I feel like he's taking them away from the Not station. Not from a train station. It couldn't be that remote, though, if it's coming mm. from Yeah, no, I think, I think Rostov is actually like a southern capital or something of Well, he's the, killed the most of the population. So there must be a few people there. I mean, no one left. So, um. <laughs> On the so. uh, on the 11th of March, the leaders of the investigation, headed by Fetisov, held a meeting to discuss progress made in the manhunt. As you can imagine, Fetisov was under intense pressure from the public, the press, and the Soviet Ministry of the Interior to solve the case. By this stage, both he and Viktor Burakov had devoted extensive time and effort over the previous seven years in their efforts to apprehend the perpetrator. The intensity of the manhunt in the years up to 1984 had receded to a degree between 85 and 87 due to the drop in murders investigators had conclusively linked to the killer. However, by March 1990, a further six victims had been linked to the killer. And as we talked about earlier, greater media freedoms were introduced as a result of Glasnost, uh, which is an increase Mm. in openness Mm. and transparency in the Soviet (laughs) Union particularly, and the media was much less repressed than it had been in the early years. They devoted extensive publicity to the case. Uh, Fedosov had also noted laxity in some areas of the investigation and warned that people would be fired if the killer was not caught soon. So there's this increasing public political pressure, a massive push from the media and this pressure on the uh, investigators to catch the killer. So Chikatilo had killed three further victims by August 1990. On April the 4th, he lured a 31-year-old woman, Yubov Zuyeva, off a train and killed her in woodland near Don Leskov Station. Her body was not found until August the 24th. On the 28th of July, he lured a 13-year-old boy, Viktor Petrov, away from a Rostov railway station and killed him in Rostov's botanical gardens. And on the 14th of August, he killed an 11-year-old boy, Ivan Foman, in the reeds near Novichokask Beach. I honestly can't believe this. So as I as I went through this, um, I I felt I couldn't squeeze this into mm. one podcast. And if we choose to um, go with that, then this is the point I think that we should end the first part and move on and and we'll start a second part post now. The reason for that is we've done a lot of his killings. He's been arrested. He's been set free. So 
in the next episode, I'd like to talk more about how they catch him and, and the trial and all of that hoo-ha that, that plays out. So if you choose to accept that, let's end it here. Well, three hours later, um, I'm <laughs> horrified by this story. I'm, I'm a, you gave us some warning, but you didn't give us enough warning about what we were going to have to deal with in this. I definitely think it's a two-parter because I think there's a lot of ramifications around this that probably we'll explore in the rest. Oh, yeah. I just, it's a bit like when we did the John Wayne Gacy and, and Swanee sort of said, this is so disrespectful, but it's one, two, skip a few. Yeah. I I just want to say great job that you haven't skipped any of these victims. Uh, it, this is the, probably the most prolific serial killer that I, I've ever heard of. Yep. And I know you all like to laugh about me knowing everything and whatever. Other than I'm, yourself, clearly. <laughs> well, I'm not up to 53 yet. Other, other than the man in the mirror or, or the woman in the mirror. Nonsense, nonsense. I'm looking forward to the point where we get to send this mofo to some kind of horrific sentence because even if he gets sentenced to death in the in the normal legal system, it's, it's not enough for the horror that he has inflicted on his victims. But, yep, Swanee, anything you want to say otherwise? I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to the bit where we get caught and what he's got to say and, and where were the people around him and how he was mm. able to get away with this for so long. I just unbelievable. every murder is more brutal than the last it would appear, mm. you know, certainly yeah. equal to. And that's where I think they're happening in public places. How is somebody yep. somewhere along the line not where is everyone? Across? Where is yeah. everyone? Mm. And it's also, so alarming. It's 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 truly is horrifying. It's like a horror movie, really. And, and the it time knows. frame, you know, like it's, it's real. It's, it's real, yeah. you know, God, you know, ten people in eight months. So imagine I if in busy. your community nowadays there were ten people in eight months killed by what people thought was the same person. Because that's what I can't get my head around in terms outcry. of the population of these places. You know, it wasn't like it was 100 years ago. As it's no. like, you know, 80s into the 90s, it's sort of... And, <laughs> yes, we were all more naive back then and it was a yeah. happier time But, I mean, whatever, how could they have but... kept, even if the media weren't reporting it, public, you know, the grapevine? I don't understand how these things did or didn't operate. I want to know... I, I, I'm intrigued by the population and the, you know, the, the, he keeps going to train stations, you know. I know. I've got a million and one questions, so I'm very keen to to have some kind of resolution for us because I will not sleep easy, trust me, after no, this one. Nasty. Oh, so as we say every week, miss you already. Yeah. Miss you already. This, this is a real break. This is a real break, though, from our normal things because normally we get some sorry kind of closure. I'm, I'm but sorry I think to leave you all hanging, but that, you know, it's a cliffhanger. Tune in. Tune no in next sentenced. week to find Shut out what the hell down. happened here. Miss you already. Ciao. Bye. Love Ciao. you long time. Ta ta. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.